I'm eating Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, that's good. Because I was just at Deacon Baldi's playing trivia, drinking beer. I love trivia. And uh, let's just say I'm not drinking alcohol tonight. <laughs> You know what? I decided to not drink alcohol either because I uh, heard part of our last podcast and I felt like I was um, slurring my speech a little bit or a little bit careless with uh, my just way I, that I was talking. Not in terms of the content, but in terms of like literally like just like how I would sound. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to stick with water tonight. <laughs> you know what? Old Unky Luke is not going to be sloshed. Yeah. Plus, I promise you this always happens. I end up like messaging people or sending funny stuff out there that I'm like, what was the point of that? How, why do you do that? That is fascinating to me. I think probably I've done that twice in my life. I, oh, I've done it. I mean, I, I again, about one third of the female population that hears our podcast who, uh, before I was married, was if they were single at the time, it's probably gotten either a drunk text or call for me at some point in time. <laughs> I, 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 you know what, you know what it is for me. It's just a constant need for human interaction. I just love it, and so like I'll have a thought. And go, yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Email this priest at two in the morning about how much you think he's, how awesome you think he is. Hey man, <laughs> I think you're special. You're a true priest. Love <laughs> me. You know what it is? It's like the equivalent of being at a bar. Like you know who's great? You. You're just a great guy. And like absolutely, usually it either like ends because like great, thanks, and then they kind of stop it, or like they just like say no, you're great because they're drunk and you just like have this like really nice moment, and then it's over with. You have this really nice fake moment. <laughs> so because it's not okay, so it's not a drunk dial, but like what would you call that? A, what is that moment? A drunk text? What do you mean? Like you're at but the it, bar it, being physical or being physical? No, no, like when you're trying to write a thing that's affirming to a group of people but you're saying it because you're drunk like like so on facebook i wrote i, I really miss my household brothers i love you all oh is that why you wrote that <laughs> oh yeah i was just really like why are you getting drunk got, all the time <laughs> because of our podcast what i'm not getting drunk it well I, i'm not drunk i'm uh, like, out crazy <laughs> <laughs> do I sound drunk? I mean, there's a few times I think I do. Uh, I think I did sound very hammered. But it's it's because of, I just, like, you take away any of my inhibitions, and you get this, like, fun-loving, emotional guy. Like, let me put it this way. One time, I got so drunk, and I was so sad over a girl that I sat in my car and ate out of, like, a tub of ice cream and just cried. <laughs> you're not, true story. You're not joking at all right now. No, that's 100%. I cried because this girl that I thought we were talking... <laughs> I'm dead serious. I, I got... I mean, I was hammered. Like, hammered. And I hit a point. I was like, I'm never going to find anyone. It's like crazy girls. And I just sat... Because a girl I thought was, like, really normal. And we were... We were talking, and I thought it was going to, like, go somewhere. Like, it was legitimately, I thought it was going somewhere, and then I didn't hear from her for a day. And then a day turned into two, and I was like, she probably met someone else. And she did, and she ended up, like, marrying the guy. Like, totally, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, she's, she's now married. And she did meet a guy, and she married him that week. <laughs> no, yeah, like, I mean, like, finally, I just, like, didn't hear back from her. And she's like, yeah, I was, like, out at a wedding all weekend out of town. I was like, oh, I know what that means. And, yeah, she totally met a dude. It was an, uh, sorry. Yeah. I don't know if she's a fan or not of her husband, so I really shouldn't say anything. I absolutely am requiring you to text me right now and tell me who it is. 
I, okay, here's the crappy part. I don't remember her name. Oh, my God. That is the best thing I have ever heard in my entire life. She, I want to thank you for Aust- this moment. <laughs> you were in Austria with her. She went to Franciscan. Oh. She was friends with Jessica Martini. What is her name? I feel so bad. I've done this before. I hate it when I do this. I, like, I <laughs> what saw, did she look like? Was she in a household or something? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, she, was, she was a really cute girl. Uh, I was crushed. I mean, I, I like I, it, it was. It, it was not the fact <laughs> you that like, were crushed like, so much that you remember her name. I, no, well, I was crushed because it was it was right in the, the thick of like the real breakup with she who shall not be named. Mm. Like she was dating this other guy, although she ended up calling me like, "Oh, yeah." Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other story. Luke, uh, I all I want to do sometimes for catching foxes is just egg you on to talk about your exes and your dating life, and just just wrap myself up in it like a warm blanket. That's like all I want to do. Uh, two of our really good friends who are girls got said that they were kind of like put off that I talk about it so much. Well, tell those two people they have no idea what they're talking about and do it in a way that's not mansplaining. <laughs> they were all like, I'm like, that's not fair to Aaron. And I was like, it's not like, no, it's different. Because it's just such, like, it's such, I'm such a people person and I love telling Aaron stories. Aaron thinks so it's funny. funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't, we don't really talk about it at all, ever. I don't, it's not like I think about it all the time by any means necessary. It's just Only when you talk the, to your old buddy Gomer. <laughs> but those are my go-to stories about things, like. So, yeah. I mean, what was this girl's name? This one time. Okay, this is an honest-to-God, true, true story. Never stop talking. Aaron. Never stop talking. Uh, we went to a bar out in Denver, the same bar that uh, – yeah, you may have been there, actually, when you were in Denver. And there was this girl with our friend Christina, and I introduced myself to her. She goes, yeah, we've met. I was like, <laughs> we have? And she, and she had this look like, yeah. And I was like – Oh, so what happened was we started to talk on Catholic Match for a bit, uh, and then I told Maggie Smith about her, who was on the, the episode, uh, yep. whatever we called the one about Maggie. And so we started to chat over Facebook, and then we ended up, I had to stay in LAX for like a night because my plane got canceled, and she lived right by there. So we went out for a drink afterwards, and she never talked to me again. <laughs> and um, She never talked to you, or you never talked to her? I, uh, she never talked to me. I was interested. She was not, apparently. Which, again, totally fine. I've been on both ends of that in the past. And so we, I just, like, forgot about her. I, and so and then when I, when I saw her at this bar, I was like, oh, that's right. That was you. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're the one. It was you. <laughs> and I literally introduced myself to her Man. that night. Yeah, man. I mean, but the crazy part was when that happened. I was also kind of talking to this other girl, so it wasn't really the the you know it wasn't like a big deal. But oh no, totally not. Yeah, yeah, man. That's so like that's that's the kind of stuff that happens when you are single in your twenties and you date a lot. Is that like you legitimately forget that like oh yeah like we had a thing. No, and and it's and it's it's not like me and this girl had a thing. Like we we went and got a drink when I was you know like had to stay in L.A. for the night. It just was funny because, like, we were talking like, "Hey, is this a person I would be interested in?" And um, uh, she left the night with an emphatic no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this could be. Oh no, it's nothing. Okay, okay, good deal. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Do you like? Okay. Um, do you ever have moments where you wonder what it would have been like if you had dated more? 
in Austria. Me and Shannon yeah. both agree that we started dating right before I left for Austria, which was a terrible, terrible idea. Terrible idea. Explain it to people who don't know okay. like, what that yeah, means. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. So at Franciscan University, you can study abroad in Austria, and it's actually super inexpensive than what you would think it would be. It's like the normal cost of tuition plus like $180 student fee, and then you got to pay for the Eurorail and all that stuff. But but it's really not that much more it, expensive. It really wasn't. I mean, you could get by with three to $6,000. $6,000 is like fun times in the city. I mean, I, although I know people that spend ten, fifteen thousand, $15,000. But I um, – so I got 2500 What? Really? I mean, y- you could get by on twenty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Easily. Yeah, sorry. I said 3000 instead of 2500 No, no, no. no, but that's, no, no that's Luke. No, Luke. 3, you have to correct just... everything I say. No, <laughs> not true. I know. Just kidding. Uh, but so I went. <laughs> no, please, um, talk, uh, talk for 20 minutes now. <laughs> I flew to Ohio, and <laughs> I hung out with Luke in his summer semester and, and John and Adam and Shannon. And this is like August 10th. We started dating. And then August 12th, I flew to Houston, and then I flew to Austria. And it was horrible because I bought a cell phone. You can, like, rent cell phones there. And I got a cell phone, and it never worked. It never worked. The whole point of the cell phone was it's cheaper for people to call you internationally on I your cell I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah on the, these old-school Nokia phones, it was cheaper yeah. for them to call you or text you than it was for you to go down to the little phone booth and call internationally with your calling card and you remember calling cards that shit sucked i do I, yeah i used to call, i called my work one time at like two in the morning austrian time i called my boss he was working nice so <laughs> yeah so and me and shannon's relationship completely fell apart while i was abroad and it wasn't because there was another woman there wasn't i mean i had a lot of friends who i was close to and there's an, i don't think there's anyone that i would have dated maybe maybe one girl i would have asked out on dates I mean, maybe it would have been. So honestly, like if I was completely detached from Shannon, maybe I would have asked people on, you know, women on dates and stuff and casually, you know, but um, there was never a person like that. Like I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I really want to date her. But oh, the old ball and chain back in Steubenville. Like it was never like that. But I just know that it was it was terrible for our relationship because when she flew out paying a thousand dollars to come and see me and I broke up with her as she left. So that was fun. And you were there, anywho. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I've been there for all of the major moments in your life. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except yeah. for being a godfather. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> really weird. Hey, listen. If we have a fifth, what did I do to you? <laughs> if we have a fifth child, you're a runner-up. <laughs> Here's the thing: none of our friends have made me a godfather. It took me until I was thirty. Luke, like Luke, Adam, Luke, before Luke. you say anything, you were a groomsman in one of our buddies' weddings, and none of us were. I know. I was the best man, mother. Damn it. <laughs> uh, in, a, yeah, in, a wedding, in a wedding that I had to be theologically on guard for because a handful <laughs> of, of Muslim individuals wanted to debate me about the existence of messiahship of Jesus. So I was literally sneaking off to the bathroom stall, reading all about their sect of Islam, being like, "All right, this is how I'm gonna, this is how I'm gonna debate them. This is gonna be great." And then they never said a word. Do you? Um, <laughs> I, I forgot. So you and John were the readers, and I kept calling you guys. Oh, have fun, readers! Like that. Yeah, like no, I, I remember that. <laughs> the things we do when we're twenty-five. I also remember that at that bachelor party, which consisted of a bunch of guys going throughout this. Um, 
section of town. It's kind of like a, it was a cool place. It was a district. You know, you could bounce around a bunch of them. We went to the pool hall. We went here. We went there. We went and had some kick ass. I remember we had the best sushi. Yes, I was awesome. And then, and I'm not a sushi guy, and, and that was awesome. And then at one point, I remember taking off my shirt while playing pool in order to distract <laughs> one of our household brothers from shooting. And I'm, a, as a morbidly obese man, I thought that would be distracting, but he made the shot and I lost. Um, and then we walked out, and there's like an outdoor concert pavilion. It's essentially just like a three foot high concrete platform. And uh, with a covering over it, and I and I walked onto the platform. Nothing was going on. Uh, there wasn't a band playing. Um, and I walked onto the platform, <laughs> and I saw a fire extinguisher. And in my mind, I thought, you know what? Today's the day. And I pulled the fire extinguisher out, and I shot it. And I just remember being like, this is awesome. It's like coming out at it like a smoke thing. And I was so excited. That's why. That's why I love bat, uh, bat bachelor parties because it's just like whatever. This is like a bachelor party. It's like the Catholic version of Vegas. I actually, I once heard um, one of our buddies, <laughs> sister in law, de- 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 described um, alcohol is uh, like cocaine at a Steubenville wedding. Like, we all just, like, <laughs> dive in, jump into it, and go, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I have lit the most drunk in my life I've ever been. Almost. There's maybe, like, a few um, <laughs> there's a, exceptions. There's three exceptions. But, Tub of ice cream girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she who oh, shall so not be bad. named. And then that <laughs> one time Aaron broke up with you. <laughs> oh, man. No, I was... um. Actually, I broke up with Aaron. And that fourth time when I graduated and left you behind. <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, yeah. No, like, what? so going back to my point, why I asked, it's just the question about if you regret dating. It's just, it's just interesting to see. Yeah. I don't think there's one way to experience your 20s. There are two ways, upside down and inside out. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> bro. But you know, it just kind of like it is what it is yeah. for whoever, and where and and where and wherever you are, and there are pros and cons to both. There are things that I loved about dating, and things that I hate. We we talked about this before at length. There's no reason to really dive dive into it, but it's it's just you know, I think I enjoy talking about it because it's like you know, in a, in a lot of ways, well, one, it's hilarious, and two, it's <laughs> horribly sad, and yeah. three, it I grew so much as a person because of that. You know, like I'm, and I'm so happy that I married Aaron. Like a million times over, every day of the week. Like I say yes to her every day because she's like just. I say yes, my lord, to all the good times and all the Jim Callen times. I say yes, my lord. (laughs) I asked a great question. You're skipping over it. Oh, oh, sorry. I was singing. What did you say? I said, what happened to Jim Cowan? Does anyone know? <laughs> he was around, well, and then he wasn't. Well, his white tennis shoes got so tight. No, man, Jim <laughs> Cowan can wail, buddy. If you don't know who Jim Cowan is, look at Catholic hymnals in the 70s and 80s <laughs> and 90s and 2000s, actually. <laughs> Till about 2000 and... When did Bob Rice start playing music at the conferences? Like 2000, 2001? Yeah, thereabouts. My still, my, and I told this story of the Father Michael Scanlon episode, my favorite moment. But Jim Cowan was playing at the men's conference. So this is like 2004, 2005. Mm. I mean, he may just not do the youth conferences. No, he, I don't. He may have, no, he, he doesn't. 
But I, I'll never forget him playing the happy song and Father Mike being like, uh, the happy song at a men's conference. Uh, I would love to hear like Father Mike just go off on an explicit tirade. Whoops, this is going to be really awkward. So I tried to find the name of the girl from before, the uh, ice cream girl. And I thought her name may have may have uh, been Lauren. So I typed in Lauren. And then I wasn't paying attention. And now I'm on some like random girls page. And I just seem like a really big creeper. So we're going to stop. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, how did I end up on this profile on LinkedIn? And I was like, well, that's going to look weird. Well, it's not um, like they know. Do they know? Because, oh, my God, oh. I'm in trouble. Well, no, it's like <laughs> on LinkedIn, like they can tell like, oh, blah, 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 v- viewed your profile. So some nice pretty girl named Lauren from God knows where is going to see that I looked at a profile. <laughs> Oh, man. Just to let you know, if you have liked us on Facebook, I have looked at your profile extensively. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every single Absolutely. person I turn. Every <laughs> single. Me, too. Me, too. If, there's like, if I'm, like, in the bathroom at work, uh, upstairs, Parish Life Building, um, <laughs> if I'm in that my sacred space, I and it's like, if, if anyone has liked our Facebook page from 8 o'clock in the morning till, you know, around noon when I'm up there in that bathroom – I will go on your Facebook profile, every single one of them. Oh, 1,000%, yes. Nice. At first, I did that just because I wanted to see if we um, had any – because it was the best when there were no mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, thank God, you know, it's someone. And now it's actually more the rule than the exception. But now it's just like, oh, I want to see who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And I get get really happy when they don't seem like they're a weird Catholic. I'm like, thank God, someone normal. I just want to say, as of right now, 57,750 downloads. <laughs> hey, that took uh, 19 minutes. So the new, <laughs> <laughs> the new record, ladies so, and gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, it is so hard. And we are at, for my last, for our last episode, 3,800. <laughs> 3,800. And for the previous episode, 3,900. We're almost at 4,000 downloads. I've actually done the math. We are. This is not interesting. So, I, I really don't want to come talk to about the talks about math, about Luke. Talk about the um, math. We are increasing by about fifteen percent every episode. Yes, yes. And that's that's feel what I the dark side, Luke. Feel. <laughs> and I think that's been true over time. And when you and it's it's actually pretty like relative compared to the rest of the uh, like one from people are going back to, to listen to. So we'll see if that maintains. But um, all right. I've got a bunch of topics. Do oh, you man. I got topics? so many topics. Why don't you go first, and then I'll make some up and pretend like I'm contributing. I mean. Well, here's the, <laughs> here's the <laughs> thing. Uh, I, I have the calories now. I just saw. Like, I'm trying, my goal is to be under a specific weight by the time we go to hot Lana. Um, and I think I can burn another 60 calories or so, which means I can have a shot of bourbon. Should I do that? No. This is what gets me in, in, in the troubles. I have no self-control. No. Let me speak for you. No. booze. No. All right. Hey, can, um, can, so. I, I got one thing I want to start off with. Can I start off with this? Yes. I'm going to get a glass of water, but I'll have my headphones on. So keep going. You're, you're going to listen to me? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. Mute. So, oh my gosh, it sounds so quiet. Now that we're muted, you don't get to hear Luke's refrigerator. The empty, oh, screw you, the empty abyss. <laughs> anywho, hey, buy me a new microphone. Well, anywho, I hope Luke actually mutes himself now. Um, Patreon.com slash CF. <laughs> I hate him so much. Uh, <laughs> so Matt Frad came down from Atlanta. I picked him up at the airport, brought him to my house. We hung out all day, got to meet my kids. I uh, stayed with our buddies, the Bardas. 
And then uh, we all began that long and terrible and beautiful journey to Katie Garcia's funeral. So uh, Monday night was the visitation. We did night prayer with the Divine Mercy Chaplain and then afterwards um, chit-chatted with people who were there. I ended up going out with friend of the show, Chris Donato and Erica Donato, who are adore missionaries. They are awesome people. Um, me and Shannon went out with them uh, and just kind of talked. Erica was very close with Katie Garcia, so it was a beautiful time together. And then what ended up happening was the next day, but I took off of work and I went down to the funeral. Now, let me tell you, man, you know you're living your life for the Lord and for the Lord for others or through the Lord for others when the church parking lot is full of cars 30 minutes before the funeral, two blocks in every direction, jammed wow. with cars, standing room only mass. Wow. It was beautiful, people flying in. It was like a AMDG reunion, a Stella reunion. So um, it was really cool seeing the girls from Stella Maria there because um, Katie, Katie was in a household called Stella Maria. And um, just, just it was awesome seeing those women. And, Luke, can I tell That's you, cool. the funniest thing happened. Every single one of those women... <laughs> Every single one of those went for Becca Pine and Angela Barda and just the whole group. So I shouldn't say every single one. So many of them came up to me. They're like, Gomer, oh, my gosh. So I don't listen to your show, but I'm going to listen to the last episode because <laughs> I heard it was great about Katie. And I'm like, it's okay. We're surprised that anyone listens. We are honestly <laughs> scared that humans listen. So uh, so that, it, it was really great. It was really great seeing all these people. It was literally like walking into a Franciscan reunion. And we all said the same thing. Like, it's so great to see you. It's so sad that it's under these circumstances. But, wow, what a life. What a person. What a family. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's really funny is I, um, I actually thought about flying out there for This is before it uh, happened. I mean, like, I even brought up to Aaron going, if, you know, depending upon like, when this happens, I think I might want to go out there. And uh, I kind of – because I, I, when I found out, I, um, like, I cried. It was really, like, I was really yeah. upset and just, I mean, like, we all were. And uh, I remember just, like, I just, like, sat on my couch, and I was just like, oh, no, oh, no. I mean, I literally just said that, like, over and over again. Yeah. And I uh, I went out to the, our little, like, we've got, like, a, not, it's not a deck because it's a really old building, but we have, like, a patio that's just all brick and whatever. And so, anyways, and so for the, so about a year ago, I bought the Sufjan Stevens album, um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's um, his most recent one, and it's basically about his mother's death. And our he's buddy so good. John, he is so good. Oh, he's phenomenal. He's I. It's beautiful. He's he. I would put him on the level of me with value in terms of like the sacredness of his of his his music. Sure. And uh, sure. our buddy John Leindecker told me that that album's like. It's kind of like a funeral. It's like a funeral-like liturgy. And I could not bring myself... And I knew it was about his mom's death, so I could not bring myself to listen to it because it just I, I need to be in like a certain headspace in order to do that or it just brings up too much stuff with my dad and I just I can't go there. So I really... I bought this album like a year, a year and a half ago and I have not... I haven't listened to one song yet. And so... When I found out that she died, I just kind of like, you know, I mean, I, I just kind of like accepted that it happened. I processed it. And I just went out outside on this little like patio area thing. And I just 
turn that album on for the you know the first time, put it on my phone for like a year and a half, and just I listened to it, and I fell asleep on the couch like listening to it, and just kind of like mourned her, you know. And and it was, and this is a person I have actually found. Uh, I went on to face. Sorry, I'm I'm blabbing on about this. I apologize. Um, I went on the Facebook and. I found a message that she had she had written to me back in 2007 and it just like was it ended with like love you with, a, with like a big exclamation point and I think she was just asking me if I was in town or something because she heard it. I don't remember like why she had sent it but it just Dear Luke are you really the guy on the couch? <laughs> Wonderful love you. <laughs> no one is surprised by, the, by this. Um, it just was like because I, I just I mean I think I forgot how good of friends we were in college. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I had kind of remembered it afterwards, but it, like seeing these messages that were like once every like six months or so from 2005 onwards, I was like, oh my. I mean, she, the like first one in there was from her about after Matt died. Yeah. And just seeing what she wrote up to me about that. And just, it was just like, oh man. And then that thing that some people put up on, um, on to Facebook of like they recorded people's reaction to a sign. Yeah, yeah. And seeing, like, her reaction. And it was just weird because I'm like, I forgot she had a red coat like that. You know, just, like, really oh, small like, details right. that you forget. Because yes, yes. you're not, you know, it's just not a part of your everyday life. And over for a while, I, mean, I saw her every day yeah. for, you know. And it was just like, I bet, right, she had a coat like that, you know. And just, and just like, seeing her face and her, and her reaction was really, I mean, for me anyways, yeah. very small individual, not even, not even an important one in the whole greater story of all of this was very healing yeah yeah and i just want to say for those um people who are listening you know when you start to lose the big point of the last episode was like as we get older we are going to lose our friends and there's no running away from it but there's also no easy way to accept it like intellectually you might know but it will rip you up inside and so talking about this and experiencing this the other day, I got to see something that – two things that were remarkably beautiful for me. One was seeing her family, David in particular, who's a listener, who's awesome. And I, I, I say that all the time. I'm not trying to canonize when I eulogize, but it's deserved in this case. Um, mm-hmm. But David David was something else. I walked up for the viewing at the the visitation, you know, and me and Shannon walked down and I lose my shit every time I see Okay, so when I was a little kid, my one of my favorite priests died and it was the first dead body that I saw and I can remember to this day looking at his corpse and seeing the whole parish filled with sad people and just screaming in my head, but you're the god of resurrection. Make him live. Make him get up right now. Think of all the people that would have faith in you if he got up right now. And he didn't. And I was after the bishop and the the clergy that or the friars that served him, I was the first person to throw dirt on his grave because I was the altar server. Um seeing Katie with my wife, my wife lost her mind, Seth Berman, great guy. Um, he was with us. He was he was just it was awesome having him there uh, mm-hmm. right next to us because he was like a stable one. And I don't know if you know this, but I can be kind of dramatic. And uh, I think we established <laughs> that last episode. Kinda. But me and my wife just immediately started choking up. But then you go from viewing her body 
to talking to David and Shannon gave him a big old hug and he said some things and thanked her. And then I gave him a big hug. And before I could say anything, he just goes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being her friend. And I just started like, I lost it. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> like yeah. I had no idea. And I literally just yelled, thank you. And then I muttered things. And then, so that was incredible seeing him because I can tell you this kind of like what you described that week, that week in a day, he had a joy and a peace with him within himself. He, they were ready for her to pass. And I, mm, I pray, yeah. I praise Christ that I got to see a man who walked his wife to the gates of heaven. And I pray that I can do that. I mean, like I came back and I was like, Jesus, I have to be a better man. I see, I see David. I see his wife. They suffered the biggest loss a marriage could endure, the loss of a spouse. And he, he escorted her into the arms of Mary Immaculate. It was perfect. The other thing that I want to point out uh, was when I received the Eucharist at, at um, the funeral mass. So the funeral mass, standing only, Monsignor Bill Young, big friend of our, our household, a man that I've known for years. Uh, gave a tender, tender homily. It was as if he was eulogizing his own daughter. I think he bapt- – I might be wrong in this. I think he baptized her. I know he married her because Shannon was at their wedding. Funny story, Katie jumped up and down whenever uh, they exchanged vows with joy. It's a, and, he, you know, and now he's burying her. Um, and when I walked forward to receive the Eucharist, I could – palpably feel the communion of saints for the first time in my life. I'm sur- wow. I'm surrounded by first people from Franciscan University who are scattered to the four corners of America and they, you know, these people that loved her flew in, the frads who aren't from Franciscan but they knew her and loved her. They come in, all these people, the bardas, we're like we're all together and we're there to celebrate, to worship God in the name of Katie Garcia. And I, then I see her family. And as I'm walking to receive Holy Communion, her grandfather, I, I'm, I'm guess, I, I never met them, but I'm guessing it's her and his mm-hmm. grandfather. Her grandfather is sitting at the end of the pew with his hands folded, staring, weeping at every person that walked by and just going, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? You're killing me. Like, this is, this is insane. Why are you burying your granddaughter? And then I go and I'm praying and you just the, – the music was like mostly traditional stuff, right? Gregorian chant, um, mm-hmm. just beautiful ancient hymns of the church. Uh, and uh, Dave Reganson and Lisa just did a phenomenal job. And I felt like like at one moment I'm stretched to the beginning of the Catholic church. I'm, I'm there with, with my elders. I'm surrounded by my peers. I see David's kids. And I just feel like I'm going to receive the Eucharist. And this is, this is the thing that hit me. I'm, I'm, I'm behind my wife, and she and Thomas Yeager is in front. And Thomas is just about – he's receiving the Eucharist. My wife is bowing before our Lord. And all of a sudden, I get this overwhelming feeling, Christ saying, she is united 
to that which you're receiving. And I knelt down and I was like, I, I knelt down. I haven't genuflected since probably I was at your parents' church. Uh, you know, like I don't want to seem. <laughs> we got asked not to do yeah, it. <laughs> I don't want to seem like I'm overly pious. I don't want to be that jerk who wears it on his sleeve. But at that moment, I thought, give me an altar rail right now. And I just need Christ. I need the Eucharist. I, I'm, I'm never going to be closer to Katie or to David or to anyone else in this room than I am at this moment in the Eucharist. And then it was cool that I walked over to receive the precious blood from Dr. Hust. Um, and Sherry oh, Hust and, uh, and Dr. Bob, they were there and they were giving out. And Shannon went to Sherry and I went to Dr. Hust, who are good friends of ours. And David is the, you know, the one I replaced Luke with, with being the godfather of my, <laughs> Noah. anyway, this is their son. And uh, I just, I could not, I, it couldn't have been more perfect, Luke. It couldn't have been more perfect. And I just wanted to say that because now I have something in my eye and it was it was it was perfect. It was the most perfect experience of Jesus Christ in his people, in his sacrament, and in faith, like just united to him that I've ever had in my life. And that's all I'm gonna say. I'm sorry for rambling. I love it. Dude, no, no. I'm Katie, pray for us. <laughs> yeah. Shit. So what, Luke? You want to talk about Thor? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yes. You want to just you want to just hold each other? <laughs> yeah. I mean, one last thing I want to add. That was so poetic. I don't know if I should add anything or not. Um, so take this out. If it, if 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 what I'm about to say takes away from what you just said, like I'm serious. Edit it out. It won't hurt my feelings. Just like hearing that you like received that from the hust. It. <laughs> It just really, like, it speaks to, like, the power of, like, the church. You know, like, those are people that have been around, have been such huge parts of our lives since 2001. And we're talking, like, two decades. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, and this isn't going to mean anything to, like, three-fourths of the people who are hearing this. So I'm sorry. Um, it, that's just such a beautiful example of, like, the church militant in like a, a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Not the stupid like Michael Forrest <laughs> way, but like the not the YouTube you know, way, but the yeah. actual sacramental way. <laughs> not the like, hey, color your hair, huh? Um, uh, I think he, I think that he, he colors his hair. Anyways, <laughs> oh, um, I, I didn't get that, Luke. It was so abstract. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Continue ruining the beautiful moment. <laughs> no, like, I'm like crying and trying to make jokes out of a person who's probably a precious child of God to feel better about myself. And, and but just the, that example of like, who else would you receive that from? Yeah, you know, like what an intense experience oh, of like a community that like, and that we. Um, it is so easy to take that stuff for granted. Yeah. You know, it is so easy to take the fact that, you know, here's my friend's parents that have just, they've just been around. They've been a big part of our lives. And like, wow, that's just really cool. Sorry. No, it was, it was perfect. And it ended with me walking to the reception hall with my wife and seeing a bunch of people and talking with Thomas, our friend Thomas and his wife. And, uh, and just seeing, just seeing such one, Christina McShane, you just want to hold her forever. And David Hust, who's the son of the people of the Eucharistic ministers, he's going to be ordained a deacon in a month. Um, mm -hmm. Just everything was unfolding. You know, that's what you got. I had this experience of like life was unfolding before me. Like, mm -hmm. I love it when like you, when like 
your life feels like a novel. Yeah. You know, I really do. It's really beautiful to see like the authorship of God in that way. Yeah. And it, it, it sorry, I, I, I just cut you off. I just really want to bring that up because I've experienced that a couple of times and it's a phenomenal thing. Uh, so anywho, I, I wanted to, and also I need to apologize. Cameron Frad from among the lilies did not interview Katie. Katie's last words to me were Gomer, Whenever you guys want to, I'm ready to be interviewed on Catching Foxes. I know. And then, so I said, okay, and me and you had talked about it, and you said, I just don't want it to sound like exploitation. I don't want it to be like, oh, you're dying of cancer? That's emotional, you know? And and so I said, okay, okay, like, we'll we'll figure this out. Maybe we'll wait a couple weeks. And then... I really agree. Yeah, and then, like, six hours later, she texts my wife and said, when I get back home from... They were on a vacation. When I get back home, I'm going into hospice. And Shannon and her were going back and forth, and it was like, oh, okay, okay. So so that's enough. One of the things that people said to me about our last episode at the funeral, the ones that actually listened, uh, come on, Becca Pine, um, was they said – they said, um, Why do you hate us, Becca Pine? <laughs> what do we do to you? <laughs> they said – Glad to be nice. I know, right? <laughs> this kid, she's like the nicest girl ever. She literally is the nicest person Absolutely. ever. Absolutely. And she still is the exact same way. Um is the thing that people said was, I'm so happy you didn't do a whole episode about how sad it is that she's dying and stuff, like or like all the things. So they're like, I'm happy it was like, Gomer and Luke, BS about stupid stuff. Then, oh my gosh, it takes a dark turn. Then they talk about <laughs> death. And then they argue over whether or not the past experienced <laughs> death this, that way. And then they bitch and moan about the National Catholic Federation of Youth Ministry. And literally they were like, no, it was – honestly, it was perfect. I think – and the best thing was Dave was like, Katie would have loved the whole thing. She would have hated that it was all about her, but she would have appreciated that part yeah, of it yeah. was. And so, anywho, that's all I want to say. I want, I want that out there because it was, it was honestly one of the most profound religious experiences I've had in my entire life. It was, it was at once very emotional and not emotional, not emotional at all. It was a, a beautiful experience. Please continue to pray for the family that remains Absolutely. because they need consolation, but I feel like they had it at that funeral greater than greater than anyone else could ever ask for. Well, it's interesting because you, 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 you know, I think back to when you said the thing about the priest, like, Lord, like, why won't you raise him from the dead? But, and we, we talk about how death has no sting. Like, I really love the song where it's like, oh, death, where is your sting? But anyways. <laughs> no, Luke, I think like, you nailed that song just now. Thank you. Thank you. That's me patting myself on the back. Uh, it like without the without the victory we've found in Christ, we'll experience in a very profound way this weekend. Like death is different. That communion of saints isn't there. That ex- that being close to Christ in that way isn't there. And in a real way, like the the sting of death is much different. Because of the gift of hope, you know, like when my dad died, I I knew I I just I I just knew he was in a better place. Whether the place was purgatory, or he was experiencing the beatific vision, or however it works, I have no idea in terms of time. Um, I just in my gut, I was like, he's in a better place. His pain is gone. He was, you know, a disabled for my entire life, and for the first time in my life, my father was not. He was not in pain. He was not. He was as he was meant to be. 
And I just like in my core, like in my core being, I knew that. And to me, that's like the power of the resurrection. It's not necessarily in, in a body. Cause I've had the same thought, like why, you know, I've, I've actually had dreams where my dad has resurrected and I've been able to, to, to like talk to him. And the worst part is at the point in time I realized, wait, this isn't a dream. Um, but that's to me, that's like, I don't know. I just kind of had the thought I wanted to share it. So anyways, Thor, huh? That looks great. <laughs> you know what? You know, let's just take a collective deep breath. And I think right now what we're going to do, um, Luke, is is we're going to take a little break right now because our friend of the show, Matt Frad, has been super gracious. Uh, he came out here, him and his family were swimming in the pool. And I said, you know, you should come on the show and talk about your new book that you released, The Porn Myth. And he goes, Goma, I would love to do that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's him throwing a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it came right back. <laughs> I'm like imagining this whole thing in my head because he's just like the most like nicest, positive guy ever. <laughs> yeah, but the weirdest thing is everywhere he goes, he rides in the pouch of a kangaroo. It's very weird. <laughs> so he he immediately pulls out. He immediately pulls out his phone. And he goes, and I told him it's you know f- uh, 420. Unfortunately, is our. Uh, is our two-year anniversary, and he goes, what are you going to do for it? And I was like, I don't know. I was thinking like another giveaway. And, and he goes, hey, my book's coming out. Here's the deal. Ignatius Press, I'll get them. So he's immediately texting them, and then he, they, they respond, and they're like, we will give him three books to go to the winner. So they're going to give us three books of his new book, The Porn Myth. It's a non-religious response to pro-porn ar- uh, arguments. It's been endorsed by neuroscientists, former porn stars, and yes – atheists okay and this is the coolest part matt listened to our episode of uh on father michael scanlon i think it's episode 72 he listened to that episode and then made a decision that he was going to give 100 percent of the royalties to a group in san diego who helps support sexually trafficked women oh wow yeah so he's not making Anything. All the royalties, all the royalties are going oh, to this group. Such a good man. Such a good man. He's so much. And he's so handsome. Oh, he's, gosh, he has it all. Uh, he has all his hair. <laughs> he's an overweight. <laughs> he does a thousand push-ups a day. I saw it. Um, but the, uh, so I just want to say this. I just, hey, that on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a non-religious response. So Ignatius Press is publishing a non-religious book. And if you don't know what Ignatius Press is, you are a terrible human being. 90% of my books have that little author's <laughs> tab on the spine. You know it's Ignatius Press. Um, but anyway, go to thepornmyth.com if you want to see more. We are going to give away three books to three winners. Me and Luke are going to figure out the contest. But what we're asking first and foremost is for people to go on to iTunes, right? Fire up iTunes. You remember that app. Fire up iTunes. Go and <laughs> It'll go a little bit slow, but don't worry. It's still worth <laughs> yeah, it. As it tries to wirelessly sync to your iPhone that you haven't done since 2009. Um, and then go on. You click Podcasts. And then religion and spirituality, search for Catching Foxes, and then give us a five-star review. If you don't want to give us a five-star review, there's something wrong with you. Don't give a review at all. But if you're going to give a five-star review. <laughs> no, wait, I, that's good feedback. We're not in it for feedback. We're in it because you <laughs> like the show and you want his amazing book. And I can tell you, I've read part of it. It is an excellent book. Right. If ever you you have to deal with stupid people who say things like, um, porn improves your like intimacy with your partner. No, it doesn't. Here's 16 chapters. Okay. It's awesome. <laughs> it really is a good book. And it's totally non-religious. So you can literally give this to the atheist in your life, 
to that, you know, whatever, and 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 it, you could help pull people out of pornography while selfishly promoting us in iTunes, okay? And I don't know, I don't think I've told people this, but we're also in Google Play, and the Google Play people have are, are it's jumped by a thousand people who have downloaded using Android apps. We're trying to get into the rest of them, but uh, Pocket Casts and all that good stuff. So uh, starting today, Wednesday, April twelfth, ending uh, Friday. April, the last Friday of April. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, last Friday of April. It's Friday, April 28th. Yeah, I, something like that. We are going to cut off. So the last Friday of April, we're going to cut off the contest. So it's going to run between those these weeks. Um, and then we're going to choose three winners from the iTunes reviews randomly. No, I had, a, what? I had another idea. What was your other idea? We were you, you. You literally. This is what you. This is so. This is so you. This is so me. Halfway through this, you you said we're gonna stop. We're gonna talk, and we're gonna create like some things that you can do. To oh, that's right. And that's you right. Just said we're gonna select three people. Okay, so we'll, <laughs> we're trying to get we're trying to get winners for the book. You're right. You're right. Okay, Luke. So here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna come back in just a bit here, kind of recollect our emotions because I was emotionally exhausting. I, I mean, I know. I, I think before. I was just. Talking was I just I talking? I was just talking. <laughs> no, it's okay because that's how we're trying to process this. Like, <laughs> I almost cried because I found out you took the, 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 uh, the communion from the house. I was like, that's so beautiful. Okay, so, okay, so we'll we'll be back in just a second. Insert Mad Men music. Here. No, insert girl from Ipanema. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal. We got three books, three prizes. We're going to do iTunes reviews. Anyone can join the iTunes reviews. Go online, go on iTunes, and, or go through iTunes and rate us. Look for uh, Catching Foxes by Michael Gormley, and you'll find it. Is it still say that? No, it should say Lay Evangelist. No, it definitely says Michael Gormley, but, but it's fine. I, I really don't care. I was just. Yeah, I know. I can tell you don't care. Anywho, the next one is <laughs> follow us. Now, do you want to have them follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, Luke? Uh, either one's fine. So you, Luke, are going to tally up everyone that's following us in these before the last Friday of April. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work. So uh, pick yeah, one. Just follow us on Facebook. Facebook, Facebook. Facebook. Facebook's the place to be. Uh, and then, so, okay, number one, write a review on iTunes. I'm going to randomly select a group of people from that iTunes review between now and the next two weeks. Number two, same thing, follow us on Facebook. Uh, so this is just for new people. You want to follow us on Facebook. And lastly, lastly, uh, the third thing. Luke, why don't you tell them what that is? We never decided. Patreon. Do... It's a Patreon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I had another idea that we talked about. Okay, so we're also going to give one to. Uh, we're going to. I'm going to. I'm going to write down all of the people who are awesome and support us over on Patreon at p a t r e o n dot com slash c f. And I'm gonna put them. I'm gonna put all the names in a um, in a hat, a wacky hat, and I'm gonna draw a name out of out of that. And that and that individual is gonna win a free copy of the Porn Myth by Matt Fratt. Awesome, love it. So random selection of iTunes reviews, random selection of Facebook follows, random selection of Patreon supporters. So if you're like, but I already wrote an iTunes review and I've been following you since day one on Facebook, Patreon. Exactly. A for a. Review, a support, and a follow. Do one of those three, and 
for the next two weeks, and you could win a free copy of the porn of the porn myth by Matt Frad. It's a non-religious response to pro-porn arguments, and has been endorsed by neuroscientists, former porn stars, and yes, atheists. One hundred percent of the royalties go to a San Diego group that helps support sexually trafficked women. See more at thepornmyth.com. Big big thank you to our buddy Matt Frad and people at Ignatius Press. You people thank are you awesome, guys. awesome, 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 awesome. So, Luke, what were your other topics? Now that we have uh, twenty minutes. Okay, so when you what? Tell me, okay, how do you do Holy Week? Oh, uh, you have poorly, poorly. Ninety seconds. Okay, so I wake up early in the morning, earlier than usual, and I try to do you know, about thirty to forty-five minutes of spiritual reading, thirty to forty-five minutes of prayer, uh, and then I usually do an extra fast throughout the week. Mm. Now, what has ended up happening was I am a Growing more and more obsessed with fasting, and I'm trying to do trying to be better. So I give up like key things in my diet and just return to water and stuff. But uh, I I can almost never make the Thursday night or Friday liturgies. I'm going to try to make the Friday. um, We have one of the world's most beautiful Friday um, venerations of the cross and all that stuff. It's awesome, but. I'm going to try to do that, but my kids have prevented me. And then I run RCIA. So I have rehearsal, oh, that's right. rehearsal at 10 a.m. Super Bowl. Yeah, I have rehearsal at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. And then at 7.35 or 45, we welcome about eight adults and 10 kids. And then we baptize them from the liturgy that goes from 8.30 till midnight. And, uh, and then I collapse. And then my wife will probably drag me to mass at 9 a.m. the next day. To try to go with my family. Oh, nice. What about you? That's awesome. Uh, so we don't have any traditions per se yet, but it, we pretty much go to almost everything. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's cool. We we don't we haven't been to. I think we, the last time we went to a one of vigil masses was when we were in Denver, and it was amazing because Aaron was in the choir over the awesome. um, a cathedral. We just straight out of Game of Thrones. It's ridiculously awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Like they that choir, I would put them against anyone in the world. Like I'm not even kidding. It's like they're all a professionals. Like Aaron, she, she won't ever admits, but Aaron has a phenomenal voice, like a legit, like, like a real singing voice. Um, it's kind of insane how ta- how talented she is in that area, and it goes unused right now. But anyway, so yeah, and then we're gonna come back and at and at, at one o'clock, Christina's going to come over. We're gonna have some. Dorothy, some Dorothy Lane Market ham because that's the best ham, and uh, yeah, just hang out as a family. Can't wait. That sounds awesome. So, I struggle sometimes with the vigil mass because it's gonna be so long, and I want to go to it, but I get so annoyed. I get really annoyed with music ministers. Not Aww. not not always, not all of them, but I'm just like it's not for me. Honestly, I don't like the vigil mass if it's not beautiful sorry i shouldn't say it's, it's not that i don't if like it's mass, not well done just, if it's not well done it's a I, very I a, difficult mass yeah. because there's so much chanting and singing there's so mm-hmm. much reading going on that if you have people like the exultant like oh my gosh one of the most beautiful things of all time and if you just have uh, yeah we're lucky we have we have the most amazing teenagers that sing at our church who are mm-hmm. individual women cantors that range from like 12 to I think 20 or 19 and they are incredible whenever they are at a mass I'm like oh it's going to be a good liturgy and it always <laughs> is 
It always it, is. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how much of a difference the music can make. Like even at at Steubenville, I I wouldn't like. At times it was great, and at times I was like, "Oh, this is really ruining it." Because <laughs> it just and, and it's not that I I don't know. I remember the first time I went to a mass that didn't have any that have any music was when I went to the first the uh, first like morning mass with uh, when we were in household back our freshman year and i was like this is the most prayerful thing i've ever experienced in my entire life yeah Yeah, music music is amazing in how much it shapes like you can totally destroy a liturgy absolutely no point (laughs) there's there's one person who shall remain nameless who was like oh man do i have to go to a stupid rock and roll mass ah can't i just wake up super early in the morning and go to an old person mass where no one sings and i'm like i mean yeah but don't you like singing to Jesus? And he's like, <laughs> not like that, son. Not like. You know, I, I, I had a, a priest who like really challenged us one time to say like, when you do sing, you are, it's very incarnational and it's sacramental. Yeah. And you're so like, if it's bad, it really sucks when it's bad. It's like kind of, it does. <laughs> if it's bad, you are crucifying your savior all over again. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he, he actually kind of made the, I'm, I'm going to probably put some words in his mouth. So sorry if you hear this and, you, and I'm saying this wrong, but he made the argument that for it to really be evangelical and its nature, it's got to be good and accessible. And so if it's not one of those two things, it's not going to inspire anyone through beauty. Yeah. It's, it'll be good for, for, for perhaps people who, who know and who are going to try to just engage and just make their faith, you know, like make some sort of tangible act of, 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 of faith through participating. But it's not going to inspire anyone or really draw anyone closer to Christ who doesn't already have that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to point out one thing that came from a text message from our friend, Miss Arlene Spensley, who said, just so you know, my spiritual director gave me the homework that included, quote, listen to the latest episode of Catching Foxes. That's holiness right there, folks. That is holiness right there. Why? <laughs> Different people have done that before. I'm like, well, don't put that on us. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just sinners. Barely even saved by grace. Not saved by grace. Oh, my God. I'm all ruined. Oh. Do you think we've ever caused scandal? Yes. Yeah, I worry about that. Yes. Yeah. I really do. I, I literally double check myself whenever a parishioner says, hey, I listen. Because the problem is. It's very nice and abstract talking into a microphone sitting in my underwear with an empty cereal bowl next to me. But when you realize <laughs> that human beings are actually yeah. tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, when you realize this, it's, 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 it's a bit much. It's a bit much. And so I, I try not I, to realize I, it. I think there's a temptation in, in the modern church to not talk about scandal or to not really understand Oh, it's absolutely. Full, and it's their fault, not my you know. fault. And Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely there within the culture. Yeah. Which is why I don't wear hot pants anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Got rid of my yoga pants. Whenever I go to the mall, I just, I I have to put on, uh, you know, an ankle length shapeless plaid jumper so I don't tempt the fellas. (laughs) I'm a single ladies. I'm a single ladies. I'm a single ladies. But, you know, it's interesting because when we talk about scandal, Scandal is a sin that we stir in the hearts of others. So it's not like mm-hmm. I'm caught. Uh, it's not like I'm sinning. It's not like we're sinning. It's something I'm doing ends up leading you into sin. And the reason why this is especially poignant is 
the church's understanding of scandal is actually is actually very well developed in canon law and in the catechism and in papal writings. And I, I love this one thing because you know how we – when we think of uh, being pastoral, we think of things like loopholes, right? Like mm-hmm. literally I wrote on Facebook, being pastoral does not mean granting loopholes. I think when – ever since Vatican II, there's been this tendency for people to think of, quote, being pastoral is bending the rules. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love this line that I was reading from Familiaris Consortio because in studying JP2, he has this wonderful note where he says, one of the most pastoral reasons is not to give scandal to the laity by being lax on what church teach- what the church teaches. And yet you would think that being pastoral would be the other way around, right? Like you're giving someone a break. You're, you're, you're relaxing the rules. And JP2 was saying it violates our pastoral understanding to be lax in this area because it could cause scandal. And I, I don't think we, we think about that enough. I, I, I do think you're right. That's a good observation. Scandal is a sin that we've downplayed because we're like, well, it's not my fault. That's on them. You know, I, and I feel like mm-hmm. we do need to double check ourselves before we rig it or wreck ourselves. Better check your check yourself before you check on check on. No, all right, sorry, it's an old Pax Two Seventeen song. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I think it's worth talking about. So one day we will. One day we will. <laughs> no. All right, I, I got nothing else. Oh, <laughs> I have, I have, two, things. I have so two, two things. I have two. I have two things. I have two things. Go. Well, I mean Thor, obviously, but still go. Thor, on. still transitory deacon Colin Parrish. Uh, buddy. Yes, he is awesome. He's a listener of the show. Uh, he is studying to become a priest. He will be, by the grace of God, ordained a priest in just a few short weeks from now. He's already a transitory deacon. He's going to be ordained a priest. This is the craziest thing that happened. So on our Leah Darrow episode, she was talking about being raised in Oklahoma. And I said, well, I was raised in Broken Arrow, blah, blah, blah. So I'm out with my family uh, the next day after I, we release the episode. And my phone rings, and I'm at, I'm, we're down in Sugarland with with some really dear friends. We're swimming in their pool, and I'm supposed to be paying attention to my kid. And I hear my phone ring, <laughs> so I go over and I answer my phone because it's Deacon Colin Parish, and he says, "Hey, I got a question for you. I was listening to your last episode. Were you at Saint Anne's or Saint Benedict's in Broken Arrow?" And I was like, "What?" I was hmm. like, "I was at Saint Anne's," and he said, "And hmm. I said I did my confirmation stuff at Broken at." Uh, St. Benedict's, but I was at St. Anne's. And he goes, awesome. Did you know Father Norbert? I was like, of course I knew Father Norbert. My mother worked for him for like 10 years. And he's like, no way. I met him when I was in the Navy. And after Father Norbert, he was transferred to Zambia, which coincidentally was a trivia question at the bar tonight. Zambia, Africa. And that's how I knew the answer because the Father Norbert was transferred there. So long story short, he ends up becoming a military chaplain in the Navy, gets to meet Colin Parrish, helps usher him into the seminary, and he will be, I, I think, he will be vesting Colin when he gets ordained a priest in a couple of wow, weeks. Wow, that's cool. Isn't that cool? That's Such a small really world. Cool. Such a small world. It really is. A, I don't think people understand how much of a small Catholic world it is. It's a little ridiculous. At the funeral, people I didn't know were like, hey, you're the guy from Catching Foxes, right? And I was like, oh! <gasps> No. <laughs> not here. Not, not here, but please affirm me. 
the, the pentimental past, the pentimental past, the pentimental past, kneels before God, kneels before God, kneels. Why did you just roll over? That's weird. <laughs> no one did a somersault. Come know. on, Indiana Jones. No one does a somersault <laughs> before God. Kneels, somersaults, side rolls, grabs a rope, stops the gears. That's what I do every time I go to Eucharistic Adoration. <laughs> and then I go, Jehovah begins with an I. Oh, Indy. Jehovah begins with an I. Anywho, and then the last thing is a uh, good longtime listener, good friend, David Hust. He is going to be ordained a transitory deacon. So I just thought it would be good to just take a moment. You had a priest write to you a very beautiful email. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Colin Parrish, big fan of the show, help arrange the Me Without You interview. David Huss sends us excellent like feedback from time to time, gets book titles and stuff from us that we mentioned. There is so much blessings going on. I just want to thank Christ. For the community of saints, Amen. for the communion of saints right now, for the co- mm-hmm. for community groups and the videos that we produce, <laughs> <laughs> for discipleship via technology. <sighs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know what? Uh, I th- Ratzinger spits in your face. Go on. <laughs> oh, and it's that German spit, that Bavarian cream. Um, I feel the urge to hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so, anywho, I got nothing else. Luke, thank you for doing the show with me. Thank you for doing the show with I'm me. I'm going to hug you right now. I'm reaching you, out buddy. my arms. Oh, that's it. That's I'm, it. I'm patting your back. I'm patting your back. You feel it? I love, I love you, man. I love this you, is too. Good. Anywho, Luke, where can people find you? <laughs> By the way, I have some ideas. Uh, at C Foxes on at C Foxes Podcast on Twitter. Wait, wait, really quick. Yeah. I, I, I do have one thing I was going to add. I just saw the best picture on Reddit. It's of a bunch of people on a United flight who are wearing hockey masks <laughs> to protect their heads. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, sorry, not masks, the old, the uh, current hockey helmet. So we are on Twitter at C Foxes podcast. We are on Facebook at catching Foxes podcast. You can find me on Twitter at the Luke, the, you can find me on Twitter at lay Evangel- and remember, give us a review, a support, or a follow, and you could win a copy of Matt Fred's best new book. I was going to say best selling book, but I don't, I don't know if that's true. Uh, the Porn Myth from, from Ignatius Press. So thank you again to Matt and Ignatius Press. In a world of koalas and didgeridoos, <laughs> one man. That is a knife. One man. That's the only Australian accent I can do. Sorry. <laughs> one man opposed the pornography reign of kangaroos, <laughs> and the mob wanted in. By the mob, we mean Ignatius Press. We're cutting all of this. <laughs> hey, Luke. Luke, Luke, seriously. Seriously. Seriously, there's www.patreon.com slash Luke, I love you. I want you to Thank have you, a buddy. good night's sleep. I want you to dream about me. And if you don't and if you don't dream about me, I will never, ever, ever, ever let us get back together. Man, what a fun song. We are now. My daughters were listening to that. They're so old. <laughs> and I tell my wife every time I hear that, I go, Oh Shanda, I'm so happy that song did not exist when me and you were dating. And she's like, What? Why? And I was like, I broke up with you six times. You never would have gotten back together with me if you had Taylor on your side. Taylor Swift would have ensured that.